This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation, live from Las Vegas and the Orleans Arena, your day-to-day play-by-play, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Shoot-arounds happening all morning oh, look long. who's down there. Currently, the St. Mary's Gales getting their shots up in preparation for their matchup with Pepperdine on quarterfinal Saturday. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan, a man who is mostly sleep-deprived, but always prepared. Well, you you too. You, uh, you sidelined the last game last night. You know, I went home, ate some canes. You know, they're not paying for that one. They're going to have to the next time I mention them, but... Uh, then I watched the volleyball match. It went three hours and 15 minutes. Holy cow. BYU lost. It was up 13-11 in the fifth. Up 2 nothing earlier in the set. A L- little disappointing, but BYU won the weekend. BYU is going to come out of that as the number one team in the country. And, uh, yeah, it was a late night, but uh, here we go. It, you know, Ryan Hancock's tweeting at me. Dude, it's Friday night in Vegas. What? Because I was like, ah, I got to go to bed at like 12-15. Ryan's been in like Hawaii for a month. That's His a, life is a little bit different than ours. He did say I'd trade you, you know, jobs. And I was like, you know what? You're right. I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, can I have your paycheck, though? <laughs> I am a happy man. It's all good. How about this Saturday show lineup? BYU basketball's assistant coach Chris Burgess will join us live on set. What did the Cougars accomplish, and what are they accomplishing with more than a week of rest between games. The latest NCAA tournament resume update for BYU Hoops and a bevy of rootables with tournaments and regular season finales going down today all over the college basketball world. Don't forget NBA veteran and BYU women's basketball coach Jeff Judkins on game day. Why is the matchup with Pepperdine so sneaky? First, today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Taysom Hill is about to get paid. The New Orleans Saints have placed a first-round tender on Hill, their beloved Swiss Army Knife football star. This news via Adam Schefter of ESPN. The first-round tender means the Saints have the option to match any offer that another of the 31 NFL teams could potentially offer to Taysom Hill, or the Saints will receive a first-round pick as compensation. Now, the Saints do have plans to re-sign Taysom very soon, so this really shouldn't be that surprising. Yeah, according to Schefter. Uh, more on this in a moment. The men's basketball team arrived in Las Vegas last night. The Cougars will play the winner of St. Mary's down shooting right now on the court in Pepperdine on Monday evening on ESPN2 and BYU Radio. We'll chat with Chris Burgess coming up. Uh, the Gales in their shoot-around. They are the one of the quarterfinal games this evening. Second-ranked and soon-to-be top-ranked BYU men's volleyball, losing a heartbreaker in five sets to Hawaii in the second of back-to-back matches at the Stan Sheriff Center in Oahu. 25-20, 25-22. They were up two sets to none. Then they dropped. crazy comeback in the uh, second set, by the way. Yes. 19-13, BYU was down. They drop the third set by three, the fourth set by two. They had a 13-11 lead in the fifth set. And we're down 8-4. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was just oh. comeback night. This is the Cougars' first loss of the season. 17-0 start. Incredible. In the setback, Gabby Garcia-Fernandez had 21 kills. He had 405 on the night. Oh, and he had 
you know, a three three aces, not eight, but three. Not eight, only three. Which takes us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Gabby Garcia Fernandez recorded his 56th ace of the season last night, setting a new BYU record. 56 aces in a season. Yep. And we're in March. Yeah, there's uh, six matches left in the regular season. That is unbelievable. So they're going to play nine or ten matches still? He gets 70. 80? This passes Taylor Sanders. 90? The previous record holder. 100 aces? The Sandman had 55. Congratulations to Gabi. I know he wishes they got the win much more than he's worried about the ace record, but what, still a notable accomplishment. What does the Sandman sound like uh, when when Taylor Sandler got his 55th in 2014? What did Adam Sandler say? Oh, Adam Sandler? Yeah, what did he say about Taylor Sandler? Oh, <laughs> on the 55th. Let me, let me think about that. I need some time to oh, think about Oh, come on! This. I need some time hey, to think about this. Oh, yeah. It's a 55th age! <laughs> and the women's... Be- We've never gotten this far into this song. I've never heard this saxophone. It's a new time. It's a new time. We're in Vegas. It's Saturday. <laughs> We've never gone this far. This is great. Oh, wow. That was awesome. Kill the music. And the women's basketball team plays Pepperdine today in a quarterfinal. BYU, they're here at this tournament. We've been waiting. Six Eastern, three Pacific on BYU TV. The Cougars won both in the regular season, but it was a two-point game nine days ago with Pepperdine. If BYU advances, they'd play San Diego in Monday semifinal. I wasn't sure which Adam Sandler you wanted. So I was thinking more of the Bobby Boucher. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. M- Mr. Sean Olmstead said, I'm, I'm the best show in the country. <laughs> <laughs> Sean wasn't there. It was Chris McGowan. But yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. It was Taylor's. It was Taylor's. Yeah, the best show in the country. <laughs> All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, presented by Trio Senior Living. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Hey, we're into quarterfinal Saturday. It's about Pepperdine and St. Mary's tonight. All of the scouting eyes for BYU basketball will be watching the Gales and the Waves. So we got rid of scouts. The winner plays BYU on Monday night after the Cougars' nine-day layoff. Question now is, do you want BYU to face St. Mary's? Or do you want an easier path to a Tuesday most likely rubber match championship game against Gonzaga by beating Pepperdine. As we uh, see Jordan Ford and Randy Bennett on the court here, I want BYU to play St. Mary's because I want a quad one. I think there are those that are saying, no, 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 go win the tourney and maximize your opportunity. Right For sure. I just want to get to Tuesday, and then I want to see if BYU can't have a special night again. And uh, it's, it's going to be Gonzaga home court. Here, by the way, I know Rock. The Rock's showing up. They're going to have an amazing presence. But this place is going to be packed with Zags. Most of them fifty-five plus. You know what I mean? Like they jump in here and dominate. I want St. Mary's. I want the resume to get another game. And then, I, because if it's Pepperdine, that's probably a quad three on Selection Sunday. It might be a quad two. Um, no, it's definitely a quad three. The neutral site will be a quad. There's three. no way Pepperdine will be sub one hundred right. in the net. But the road game at Pepperdine, you'd want it to be. Top 135. I want St. Mary's. That's a guaranteed quad one top 50 game for BYU. And then uh, if you win that, that's going to be really tough. We'll break that down uh, You know, more today and Monday, of course. I want St. Mary's. I don't want the easiest path. I actually want a hard game because I think that would be good for BYU's resume. The point of 
setting up the West Coast Conference tournament the way it is is to protect the top seeds from losing positioning in the net rankings. Nice try. Appease Gonzaga. Which is that. To avoid potential bad losses and hurting all of the metrics. So, again, the point is for St. Mary's to win this game so that BYU, even if they lose, it's not really that detrimental to their schedule and to their net ranking and all of that stuff. So BYU most likely wants St. Mary's from a wide-angle lens. Now, I know there are fans that are like, no, 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 we just kicked Pepperdine's butt. Like, it's a better matchup. We're going to have more BYU fans in Vegas. It's an easier roadmap to Gonzaga. But what if Pepperdine shoots the lights out and they figure it out and they upset BYU? Now, all of a sudden, BYU has their first quad three loss. first bad loss. And now you're not a 4-5. You're a 6 or maybe Maybe a 7. The only way I think BYU would slide down to a 7 seed is if Pepperdine beat St. Mary's and then Pepperdine beat BYU. I think that would push BYU from the 5 seed line down to like a 7. BYU loses to St. Mary's, then I don't think they're going to go any any lower than a 6. Right. You need to play St. Mary's. BYU needs to play St. Mary's. We are in consensus on that. Topic two, we're nearing the end of the season for Cougar Hoops, but just how close are we, Spencer? How many more games is BYU going to play this year? Predict. This is tricky because everybody's hoping that BYU will play at least two more in the West Coast Conference with St. Mary's and Gonzaga. Technically speaking, BYU could lose to St. Mary's and then go on an epic run in the NCAA tournament, and that would add a certain number of games. I just hope it's four, okay? I hope that BYU plays at At least least four more games before the season is over. Yes. Uh, that would mean either two here and two in the NCAA tournament or one here and three in the NCAA tournament. Again, at least four games for BYU to punctuate what has been a remarkable, unforgettable, and in a lot of ways special season. They need at least four more games. Yeah, four. Four is the minimum. Five is uh, the hope, right? Um, you know, if, if BYU plays six, then now we're talking, right? Into the Final Four. If they play eight games, they're in the National Championship uh, game, match, meet, event. I hope it's at least four. Because I think we expect BYU to win the semifinal. I just think BYU need to consider that it could be really hard on Monday. BYU's playing really well. Nine-game win streak. Coming off a win against Gonzaga two games ago, right? But it will have been a minute. BYU comes in as, uh, you know, you could argue BYU's the hottest team coming into the tournament, having beaten Gonzaga. Could also argue Gonzaga's number two and has only lost two games all year. Uh, and they are the hottest team. The best team at this tournament is clearly Gonzaga. Then it's BYU, and then it's St. Mary's, and then there's a gap, and it's everybody else. So I'm interested to see how BYU plays. I want to get to Tuesday, and, and we'll approach this Monday and Tuesday, but there's a lot of PTSD with conference tournaments and BYU fans in this city. If you listen closely, you can hear the Thomas and Mac from here. No, I have lost. so many bad memories, right? They lost. People show, throwing shoes, uh, being harassed, you know, BYU losing on that court in, in the tourney. And then here at BYU is yet to win one, right? St. Mary's beat Gonzaga for the title last year. Why couldn't BYU? I just, I just, Especially as a top 15 team that's won right. nine games in a row. And if they beat St. Mary's, it'll be 10 in a row. Yes, we are afraid of the past. Does the past mean it's BYU's future? We're going to find out. In the next couple days here. 
Can't wait. We're to the exciting part of this tournament. It's quarterfinal Saturday. Yes, and the, the irony finality is, is we've been amplified. Here since Wednesday night, we've done all these fun games right in the tourney. And I'm like, do I need a Red Bull or something? It's, you know, it's 11 in the morning here. I've got some juice right now, but I'm like a little sleepy from last night. It's just like pound, pound, pound. Let's go, baby. These are the these are the fun games, man. We saw the BYU women warm up. It's always fun when BYU comes into town. So we've been doing all the non-BYU games, which have been fantastic as well. But uh, we've watched the Cougars all year. Now it's time to watch the ladies play. It's time to watch the men play on Monday. And, and we'll see if the ladies advance to the semis as well. Okay. You'll obviously get your fill of Saturday basketball all day long on BYU TV. But we need to throw in a little football topic because Taysom yeah. Hill is back in the news. According to ESPN's Adam Schefter, the New Orleans Saints are going to put a first-round tender on Hill, which basically guarantees the Saints that they will either keep Hill, and if they can't, then they'll get a first-round pick as compensation from another of the 31 NFL teams. I don't know that another team is going to come in with that high of an offer, but this tells me the Saints really want Taysom Hill. Question now is, Jerem, is Taysom Hill worth a first-round draft pick? I don't think he is. I think the Saints value him in that way, but I'm not sure anyone else does. Obviously, he's been a Saint the last three years. But right now, he's not even a quarterback. He's 6 for 13. Like He's barely played that position. He's a utility back that provides tremendous value in a variety of ways. His value is his versatility. Not that he's great at one single thing, right? Uh, he's played in 37 games. Five and a half yards of carry, 64 rushes, three touchdowns. As a receiver, he was actually pretty good. He had six touchdown catches on 22 grabs this year, 13 tackles. In the last three years, he's played fewer than 25% of all the snaps. That Those stats and numbers don't scream first-round pick because a first-round pick in the NFL is the most sure thing in any draft in sports. The first rounder almost always is a guy that contributes and probably starts. So it, unless it's a quarterback, sometimes you have some right, right quarterbacks if, in the first round. Think about New Orleans. Oh, if you need a you need a right guard, you need a linebacker, you need a safety. You can get that guy from Auburn or whatever in the you know Oregon what in the first round. So I he'll be thirty on August twenty third. You talk about old guys, right? Still super athletic. Still has several years ahead of him in the league. If I'm the rest of the teams, I'm going, no, he's probably not worth the first rounder. But Sean Payton and uh, the Saints certainly value him at that level. Yeah. Let's look at the pros and cons. And you mentioned one of the cons. 30 years old, has only attempted 13 passes, and has been used. I mean, this could be a pro too, but he hasn't been utilized heavily in the quarterback role. So it's a pro and a con, right? Yes. versatility. Okay. Now, on the pro side, he – Brings like this momentum, this energy. He can change the feeling of a game, blocking a punt or uh, blocking a field goal, coming off making a return, catching a touchdown pass, rushing for a touchdown. He just brings this energy to the Saints. So it's hard to quantify the price on that and what he means to the franchise and the program because if you can switch momentum in a game and, like, they they pinpoint Taysom as, like, oh, he changed the game with that one play. We won that game because he changed the momentum and the whole tenor of the game. It's like, whoa, what's that worth? What do you mean it's hard to quantify? They just just did, or they will. With money, right? With with the first-round tenor. They have quantified his value. Now they have said that. Yeah, yeah. So 
I, I haven't really seen a ton of hate for Taysom Hill, but when this news came out from Adam Schefter, you go through the mentions of, like, just your typical NFL oh, don't fans. don't clowns. No, no, I'm saying, like, I look at the consensus. <laughs> I just look at the consensus, and a lot of people are saying, he's 30 years old. Like, who's going to offer a first-round draft pick for him? Um, and in our, mor- in our morning meeting, we were talking, okay, well, let's look at a late first-round quarterback that could be Jordan Love of Utah State. Would you rather, Would you rather have Jordan? Taysom Hill or Jordan Love? Most teams, uh, that's an intriguing question. I think it really is. But it depends on your needs, right? Because Taysom Hill is not a proven NFL quarterback right now. Is he, a, neither, is he neither is Jordan Love, but Jordan Love is perceived as a better quarterback than Taysom Hill, probably. This isn't Joe Burrow Even versus Taysom Hill. Even if that's not Hill. accurate. Yeah, or Tua Tagovailoa oh. versus yeah. Taysom Hill. Yeah. This is like late first round. Is, so We're kind of saying, is Taysom Hill worth a late first round pick I like how you like, wiggle your fingers. Like it's it, Adam like, Sandler like, day. Like deadens it. It's yeah. Adam Sandler day. <laughs> 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 uh, it, it, by, by the way. Tough. We, Saints obviously think he is. By the way, we drove by uh, the Raiders' new stadium. We're staying over by near that Allegiant Stadium. They're putting the Allegiant, uh, you know, logo up there and everything. It's pretty cool to see. That's awesome. We may or may not have stopped as they were we raising. Took Our producer Ben back of the sign fan. up. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. If they play the Seahawks, I'm going to be down here with them. It'll be, you can come too. When Taysom Hill comes as the quarterback for the New Orleans Saints at some point in the future to play for the, the Oakland Las Raiders. Vegas Raiders. What? <laughs> oh, they're in Las Vegas. Duh. <laughs> the Las it's gonna, Vegas. It's going to take a minute to get used to. <laughs> Our question of the day. Yes, we are in Las Vegas. We're watching a ton of basketball. St. Mary's uh, just wrapping up their shoot around behind us on this new court at the Orleans Arena. And we want to know, do you want BYU to face the Gales or the Pepperdine Waves in Monday's semifinal Wind and water? why? Just kidding, it's not that. No, it's not that, but no, that's a nice play on yeah, words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Lungmaster59 on Twitter says, Pepperdine they should be easier to beat. If BYU doesn't win Monday, they won't get another shot at Gonzaga, assuming the Zags win Monday. You can assume that. That's fine. Okay. Yes, it's an Keep easier matchup, but you run the risk of a bad it's loss. all a risk now. You run the risk. There's no risk with him. You're right. Coming up, which quad one win for the Cougars is in danger of slipping to a quad two after a win by that team yesterday. And BYU basketball assistant coach Chris Burgess on what the Cougars have accomplished in this long, almost nine-day layoff. This is BYU Sports Nation. Nine days. No BYU hoops. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Women's Hoops begins West Coast Conference Tournament play tonight, 6 Eastern against Pepperdine. Watch it later this evening on BYU TV. Oh, I will. It's this afternoon here. And it's going to be fantastic. We are live from the Orleans in Las Vegas, Nevada. Several teams coming in to get their shoot-arounds, including the BYU women's team earlier today. They got some shots up. Things looking good for their matchup with Pepperdine that Jerem just mentioned. I am Spencer Linton alongside the fabulous Jerem Jordan. Let's bring in our first guest of the day, BYU basketball assistant coach Chris Burgess. Like a, you're regular on this. <laughs> you're in you're Las like Vegas. Uh, three, four weeks? Um, every couple weeks it feels like, right? Every few weeks. Yeah. 
So that's a good thing. It's good for us. Yeah, it's a great thing. Well, it's, it's good a great for thing for you. I love it. I love coming on. You're here. And I talked to you last night about this, but just the feeling of being in yeah. the environment now, after you've had this long layoff, it, it is refreshing to just be in the arena. Yes. Just landing in Vegas, knowing there's already games going on in a couple of different tournaments, right? The Mountain West and WCC, and I think the Pac-12 is coming here. Just, just landing in Vegas, being like, it's March, right? We got some games coming up. We're not just sitting back at home wondering who we're playing and when we're going to leave and just this kind of preseason type feeling. So it's, it's just great to be here, um, be a part of this whole tournament and excited to see who we get to play. Now I'm looking at Coach Pope last night across yeah. the way. <laughs> He's got this big piece of key lime pie yeah. and whipped cream. And, I'm, and then I'm looking at you and Cody Feger and I'm like, where's the pie for the assistants, man? No love, uh, <laughs> no, no love, no love for the assistants. I would say we ate ours already, but coach, man, he doesn't eat dinner. He just eats sweets. Like right now, he, he needed, we went to a nice place, and some of us had a main course, and some of us just went straight desserts, right? And so, in Coach Pope fashion, he went center court, right there, front row, crushing a pie. I mean, come on, it's fitting. This is the sweet part of the season, right? It the main, is the main course, kind of the regular season. Now it's like, all right, this it, is. This is on. I, I did want to mention. You guys are used to this venue as well. The WAC tourney right. was in here, so at Utah Valley, you guys as a staff and Jake Toulson, yeah. you guys played in this gym. We have, we have played in this gym the um, last four years, you know, and, and um, we've been to the semifinals, I think, a few years in a row now. So now this is four years in a row being in the semifinals. But you, you, listen, we we want to win championship here. We've been to this we've been to this venue. We we know how good of a job that the Orleans does in hosting this um, in terms of the WAC. But we always come in after the WCC tournament when. Either St. Mary's or Gonzaga wins it. So we, we'd love for the, the whack to come in on Tuesday night with a bunch of BYU Cougar fans out there celebrating a win. What have you accomplished over this long layoff? Walk us you through know, the schedule and, and what the plan has been and your goals and all of that leading up to Monday's game. Our goal going in was to kind of get get healthy, stay fresh, but stay in shape and have some rhythm and timing um, from, you know, just of the game, of the flow of the game, the up and down and the pace of the game. And we've got, you know, listen, we've got an older crew that plays a lot of minutes, like, you know, TJ, Jake, Yo, um, even Zach as of late, been playing a ton of minutes. So the key for us is using this time to rest, using this time to watch some film, using this time to get better, but at the same time, not not just completely, you know, bang each other around in terms of on the court and, and, and competing that way. We've done a good job trying to balance that out. Um, it's really tough, though. As coaches, we, we, we sat there for like three different days trying to map everything out, and we, we didn't know how this was going to do, how this was going to work, but... We felt that was a good job. Like, we gave the guys a couple of days off, but at the same time, we, we've been getting up and down, a lot of conditioning, sometimes just 5 0 full court, right? And then we did yesterday. We actually really got after it yesterday with uh, two four minute scrimmages. And there was a little rust, which is, you know, was going to happen, but at the same time, it was really good stuff. At the end of the day, like, when we, when we tip off Monday, Monday night, whether it's St. Mary's, whether it's Pepperdine, like, the adrenaline, the competitiveness, the fire, these guys want to win so bad in this older group. Like, they're going to be ready to go. Like, it, like it, we're going to play with force, and we're going to come out just with nothing to lose. Like, it's just, it's just what this team's done, right? And I don't, I don't see it being any different. Describe to us what it's like uh, playing Monday without uh, an active shoot-around on the court. Will you have a shoot-around somewhere else on Monday morning? We usually do. We usually go to, like, a local place, um, and we go through scout. We just do. Like, we go through kind of the personnel. We go through how we're going to guard certain actions. We go through, you know, um, our offensive schemes and things of what we're going to run, and we go through everything. And it's and whether it's a superstitious thing or the right thing to do, and we're, we're planning on doing that, especially with an 830 game, you know, we're going to be doing that. You mentioned getting healthy. 
Uh, let's talk about some of the guys yeah. that are trying to get healthy, starting with Dalton Nixon. What's the status of Dalton? He's still he's still day-to-day. Um, man, he's tough as nails. If it was up to him, he'd be play, playing right now. He's just not. Um, but he's doing therapy every single day. He's in the pool, um, you know, on the treadmill where he can get underwater and take a percentage of his weight off his body. He's able to do stuff like that. He's with uh, Coach Eric Shork, our strength coach, every day. We're with our athletic trainer, Rod Ramos, every day. He's getting close. Um, even But Connor Harding's knee, you know, with the PCL issue, giving him the rest he needs, or maybe getting him on the bike more than the pounding on the floor. Big Colby as well, right, with his PCL issue. So, And then Gavin, the main thing, people like Gavin's healthy, but he was able to get a lot of reps Right, rebounding the ball and trusting his shoulder and, and, and going through contact where it's like, you know, I put him through a bunch of drills with Nate Austin and Luke Worthington, right, two relatively big guys, and I'm like, you have to go get this rebound because right now he's not trusting it, and he needs to. He's healthy. He's fine. You're not going to get hurt. But there's some nervousness, you know, because how he injured his shoulder was going after rebound and fighting it over Yo up in the air. So he's got to get over that because – he should be one of the best rebounders in the conference, but if he's not going to be, if he doesn't trust it. And so that might have been one of the best things that happened this week was he was able to get those reps. What a luxury for you to have the all-time fouls leader at BYU. Yeah. The all-time right. fouls leader, Nate Austin. <laughs> is that, that really true? Gavin Baxter <laughs> up. Yes. Oh, I'm going to crush Nate for that. That is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. We started it as a thing. We're like, oh, the countdown to the foul yeah. record. That is Someone awesome. in the rock wrote it on a sign. It was like, four more! <laughs> and then we had uh, oh, I am going Russell to Larson was the record holder, and he did a thing for us where he looked, he's like, congratulations to Nate on the, the record. You know, I've held it for so long. It's great to give it up. You know, yeah, it was really funny. Was I really thought funny. Luke might have had it. I thought you were talking about Luke, but good for Nate. Yeah, Nate. No, Nate played Nate. like a gajillion games, dude. That's true. That's a lot of fouls. You it's know? true. When you play seven years, yeah. you're going to get some sort of record. <laughs> Let's talk about a – well, I, I'm interested to hear your opinion. We've talked about it. Yeah. Perceived slights, perhaps, coach of the year in the league. Damon, tremendous season for job. Pacific, right? It's like, eh, was Mark Pope the guy? We certainly think so. And then National uh, semifinalist. Yeah. Pretty cool. Validating. Uh, cool. Check. Uh, and then Yoli Child is play of the year. How have yeah. you guys kind of taken that? Well, the great thing is, is you talk about Coach Pope, you talk about Yoli. They don't care, and they're not gonna, they're not gonna ever get mad. But at the same time, the reason they're successful is they've got a competitiveness fired inside them. So I, I expect Yoli to come out from day one on Monday and kind of show what he does in a in, with in a team perspective. But Coach Pope, you know, listen, when you talk about Coach of the Year, you usually look at the first place coach, team that won the league, and, and gets. Coach Few gets it. Makes a lot of sense. We should just name it the Mark Few. That's right. You know should, I mean? At some point. Yeah. So it makes sense. I think that Coach Pope has done an amazing job with everything he's been thrown at him. Um, with injuries, different lineups, sometimes not knowing who's going to play. Um, new to the league, right? Um, and now he's a top 15. He's done thing, things at BYU that um, coaches haven't done in a long time. So, you know, I'm biased. I was hoping Coach would get it, but Damon's done a great job. And they were probably fin- picked to finish seventh, maybe eighth. And for them to finish tied for third, two games behind BYU is still pretty good. Certainly good. notable, right. And, yeah. and we mentioned, hey, they played Gonzaga and BYU once. That's right. That plays into that. <laughs> yeah, and listen, and like, they did. And they're a good team. And it's like, well, BYU only had to play the third-place team once, right? Although, we, hey, man, we'd love to play anyone in the Marriott Center. Bring them on. But, um it's great for Dame. I think he's done a tremendous job there. They've won a lot of games. I think Coach Pope's done a fantastic job. My argument is, hey, Coach Fu, Fu won the league, top five in the country, semifinalist, all those different things. And then Yoli getting and Petrus has done a great job. But I think everyone knows who won that matchup. 
and you take Petrusov off Gonzaga, I still think they're probably first place. That was my point earlier this week. No, you take Yo off. I still think we compete, but it's different. Right, and you did for 13 games, right? That's right. You talk about, and I guess foreign league, this is what it is. But, yeah, and that's the value argument. Yeah. And uh, MVPs, I'm like, is it best player or is it value? I know. You know what I mean? It's, is it, it's is it best know. player? And then, listen, I think, and they're so good. Gonzaga's so good. I think Killian's the best player on that team. Am I, am I crazy to think that? Like, I just no, think he's just so hampered, versatile. Right? And they have so he's many dudes. Yeah. That, and he's the one who's kind of hurt us a couple times, um, especially at their place. I just think he's so versatile on both sides of the basketball, right? Both sides, like offensively and defensively. He can switch one through five. He can really pass. He shoots it, goes inside, picks on mismatches. Where like, Petrus is a load down there, though, man. He's post up strong. He's a great finisher. He gets the free throw line. He's in, up for the Naismith Player of the Year. But you know what Yoli Childs has done with everything thrown at him with suspensions, a uh, finger bone popped out of his finger, um, not being able to play for four games. One game was hoping to come back, and coach was like, not yet. You're not ready. And then he comes out, you know, and just destroys everybody, right? With a team that's got Jake Toulson, TJ Haas, Barcelo, like, we're a pretty good team, and he's still dropping. What is he? Twenty-two and ten a game. It's yeah. pretty amazing. Are are you? Is Tilly better than you were at your peak? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. He's, what? He's pretty special. He is. Pretty he's good. pretty special. <laughs> His older brother played volleyball at UC yeah. Irvine and beat BYU in the national championship. So it's always is that Tilly, right? The Tillys have been giving BYU. Do you a remember his other brother at Utah? Didn't he play at Utah? Kim Tilly. That was his basketball. Was that? Oh yeah, that's his okay. Older that's his other older. Another brother. brother. So that was like his dad's a national team coach. In yeah, it's like pretty athletic. It's quite the family. They're legit, legacy. man. Yeah, wow. I wasn't overseas doing something. I don't remember Kim to it, but I'm, they were like his brother played at the U. So, hmm. little fun fact. Yeah, Chris Burgess with us on BYU. I, I don't want to talk. Why did I bring up the Tillys? All <laughs> Come the on, PTSD Jerem. for the Tillys beating <laughs> yeah. BYU. Come on. Hey, bracketology has been so yeah. fun to watch BYU's name be brought up nationally yeah. across the board, and it's hard not to get sucked into the excitement of that. So as coaches, how do you handle that? What, are you are yeah. you paying attention to it? Are you embracing it? Or are you kind of like, oh, let's just go play the games? Well, how do you approach it? Definitely paying attention to it. Come on. It's fun. It's, why, it's, why, it's part of college basketball. It's part of March Madness. It's part of what we want to do. It's why we, like, I think why the administration hired Coach Pope is to get back to the NCAA tournament. Um, but at the same time, trying to keep everything in perspective of what the message is with our guys, which is why are we being successful? Right? Why have we been successful this far? And I think it's because we have a big-time locker room, which Pope always talks about, and a bunch of guys that have no agenda and a senior group. So if we can keep that perspective and keep our locker room you know, feeling the way they do, you know, and blocking out the distractions, blocking out the noise. That's our jobs as coaches. But, it, you know, I don't think we get sucked up into it in terms of, you know, reading every single thing and, oh, we might do this, we might do that. Like, no, nah, we just we just know that we just got to keep taking care of our business. Because wasn't a month ago they started giving us a 7-6 seed, and then we just kept winning. Started to climb. Right? Yeah. And I think that's a testament to Coach Pope and the message he brings every single day. But it's also because of TJ, Jake, Yo, Zach, Dalton, these senior dudes who just – Stay focused. It's nice having older guys. It is. We're going to miss them. Older guys. It's BYU, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's what we do. That's what we do. That's what we do. Coach, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma uh, to utilize in the uh, semifinals on Monday. Let's do it. Thanks for hanging out with us on a Saturday. Yeah, oh, we appreciate awesome. it. Appreciate you guys having me. Great practice fun. today. Where are you we guys have... practicing, by the way? I don't know, but it's going to be a college court, so I'm, okay. I'm assuming maybe UNLV. Na- nearby. Maybe, maybe nearby. Okay. Fantastic. Awesome. Make sure you give Nate Austin a hard time. Okay. Oh, I'm going to crush him. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Chris. Coming yeah, thanks, up, guys. the worldwide exclusive from Spencer Linton with Jeff Judkins this morning. And speaking of bracketology and resumes and metrics, we're going to give you the latest numbers for BYU men's basketball right after this. This is BYU Sports Nation.
Listen to BYU Sports Nation On Demand by downloading the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We are live with a Saturday special of BYUSN from the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Let's keep it rolling and whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Cougars in the NFL. ESPN's Adam Schefter reports the Saints are expected to place a first-round tender on restricted free agent quarterback slash running back slash receiver slash tight end. Swiss Army Knife. Taysom Hill, meaning teams would have to give the Saints a first-round pick for him or match an offer on him. The Saints plan to re-sign Hill soon anyway, according to Schefter. Men's basketball. Landed in Las Vegas last night, attended the Pepperdine-Santa Clara game. We just spoke with assistant Chris Burgess. If you want to hear that conversation, download the podcast. Why was the nine-day layoff a good thing, and why was it a challenging thing? BYU will play in their semifinal on Monday against either the Gales or the Waves. Who do you want? That is our question of the day. You can watch the game on Monday on ESPN2. Listen live on BYU Radio. Volleyball. Second-ranked BYU lost an epic match at number one Hawaii on night two in five sets, 19-17, despite leading 13-11 in the fifth. Cougars uh, led 2-0 in that set, uh, in that match as well. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez fired three aces. He's up to 56. That's a new single-season school record. It's unbelievable. BYU's first loss of the season snaps a 17-game win streak to start the year. Second-best record in BYU history in a start. Third-longest win streak, period. Women's basketball. The three-seed BYU at the West Coast Conference Tournament take on the six-seed Pepperdine Waves. They closed out the regular season against each other in Provo, a two-point BYU win. Tonight's game, six Eastern, three Pacific, live on BYU TV and the BYU TV app as part of the WCC Network. A BYU win means they will take on the number two-seed San Diego in Monday's semifinal. Third-time meeting between Pepperdine and BYU in the quarterfinals here. BYU, again, swept the season but only one by two in the regular season finale. Baseball. BYU lost game two at Oklahoma State yesterday, 6-1. Today the Cougars play the final game of the series at 1 Eastern on BYU Radio, 107.9 FM. Softball. Split day two of the Bulldog Classic. They lost 9-4 to UC Davis, but beat North Dakota State 1-0. Riley Jensen McFarland, National Player of the Week. Three for six, three runs, an RBI. East Carolina, the opponent today, 5.30 Eastern, 2.30 Pacific on the Mountain West Network. Gymnastics. Cougars put up a 196-4-5 in Logan last night. Cougars' final home end of the season is next Saturday against the Flippin' Birds, that's real, of Southern Utah. Soccer. BYU begins spring exhibitions today in Las Vegas, playing Cal State Northridge at noon Eastern. They won one nothing. They took care of that business. That already happened, yeah. They are up 2 to nothing on UNLV at the half. So keep it rolling, ladies. Cougars overseas. Brandon Davies had seven points and five rebounds in an 83-80 FC Barcelona win versus Bayern in EuroLeague play. Football. A little bit of breaking news here. Multiple sources reporting that BYU defensive lineman Devin Kafusi has entered the NCAA transfer portal. That's shocking. What? Kafusi? Four solo tackles, six assisted tackles last season, and a fumble recovery. Where's he going to go? What's the landing spot? And, yeah, with a Kafusi name at BYU, you just don't anticipate this type of news. That's that's really surprising. Absolutely. Tennis. The women's team plays Houston today. Like the men's basketball team, they hope for a win. 
Coming off Thursday's win of 4-3 against New Mexico. It is time now for the BYU Basketball NCAA Tournament Resume Update. Still nine in the net rankings. And not going anywhere. I'm just staying solid. Right Top there. ten team in I don't, net. I don't see how BYU climbs that high. I looked at the eight in front of them without beating Gonzaga. That's I, I, I think nine's like... Eight or nine's like the peak. I don't You're going to have BYU's... to do something remarkable, which yes. would be beating St. Mary's yeah. and Gonzaga on back-to-back And BYU nights. has four quad one wins. That's the lowest of anyone in that area, right? Uh, BYU's strength of schedule is the reason they're that high. But if they have six quad one wins, that's a little bit different. Right, but most of the teams around have more or haven't lost very much all year. BYU also top ten in the Ken Palm ratings, still at number ten. They are down one spot in the basketball power index of ESPN to 15. Holding strong at 16 in Sagarin. Their strength of record is up one spot to 24. And KPI, BYU is at 30. That is down two spots. Rootables today. Utah State playing San Diego State this afternoon down the street at the Thomas and uh, Mac. Uh, I'm, I'm going for Utah State in that one. Need to keep that a quad one because right now Utah State won last night but dropped five spots in net. So you hope Utah State can stay top 50. That's a quad one. If BYU only has three quad one wins going into the tournament, perhaps they're more like a six and not a four or five. And then tonight at the West Coast Conference Tournament, San Francisco and Pacific. I think San Francisco, you want that one to stay in the top 135, right? Uh, or Pacific, really. USF, there was a, either one. And then Pepperdine, St. Mary's. St. Mary's needs to stay top 30 for the home win for BYU to stay quad one. Right now they're 29, so I think you root for St. Mary's to... Uh, win and keep that going. Yeah, there are a lot of things going to the St. Mary's game. Going back to Utah State, I think that'll stay at quad one regardless of losing because San Diego State is ranked so highly. Right. But I want Utah help. State to be in the tournament because I want BYU to have beaten another team that makes the NCAA tournament. Tom Homo has told us that the committee looks at record versus teams in the tournament. So that matters. All right. Here we go. Saturday special. Still rolling from the Orleans. Coming up, rise and shout out to a record setter. And my one-on-one with BYU women's basketball head coach Jeff Judkins. We preview the Pepperdine matchup. And why does his team feel better than ever this season? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Got a doubleheader on BYU TV women's quarterfinal game starting at 4 Eastern, Portland and Pacific, followed by BYU and Pepperdine. Speaking of the Cougars and Ways, here's my one-on-one with the BYU head basketball coach and NBA veteran Jeff Judkins. You ready for this? I'm ready. I'm ready. (laughs) Okay, first and foremost, what do you think of the new court and the new setup at the West Coast Conference Tournament? Um, I really didn't notice the court that much. Last time I watched the games, I really didn't pay much attention to it. I was watching the players, I guess, but it looks like it's a nice floor, and players didn't complain about it. You could tell that they liked the floor a lot better. So, um, you know, as a player myself, I I didn't worry about the floor. I worried more about the basketball, the shooting, and the rims. So that's probably what what I looked at, so I don't look at the floor. Fair enough. Jody, how long does it take a shooter, an elite shooter like yourself, to acclimate to a new backdrop and a new court and a new setting? Well, shooters are really particular of things that they notice on the court. So lighting, the floor, the rims, um, kind of the background. Um, 
and even the, the, the probably the basketball is the most important thing. Um, like when I used to play, I wouldn't dribble it; I'd spin it to make sure the ball was was right. Uh, just getting that feel, and there's there's gyms that you feel more comfortable uh, shooting the ball here. I think last year Brenna shot the ball really well here in this tournament. So sometimes that that feeling of knowing you shot well in that gym really helps you. But it's but it's a lot of that and just getting getting confidence really you know in yourself. The Marriott Center is a little bit different. The lighting is by far the best, and so that adjustment sometimes coming to a gym that's not as well lit can't take your shot off just a hair, so it's it's tough. You're still the best shooter at the Orleans, though, right, on this team? <laughs> I'm the best shooter on this team right now. Lee thinks he is, but not really. It's it's probably me. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> What's the mentality of your team right now as the three seed in a very unique conference tournament setup? Well, you know, of course you'd like to be the number one seed and, and have the easy way to the semifinals, but sometimes the season goes and – you lose a couple of games that could have gone your way, and that kind of happened against us this year. I, I think we know as a team that there's the only team we didn't beat was Gonzaga, and we played them both times really well. Uh, we know we can beat anybody on any given night if we come out and play our game. The negative part of it is is playing three games in four days if you get that far. Um, but we, we're, we're looking at one game at a time. we got to take care of Pepperdine. And then we win that game and then worry about the next one. So um, it really doesn't make a difference if you come out and play. you you got to beat somebody anyway. And uh, this team's been there, and hopefully we can, you know, really play our, our best time right now, our best game. You mentioned the negative there, but what's the positive part of having only seven days off compared to the BYU men and in your situation last year where you had nine days off before you played? I think what happens is you get in a rhythm as a team, with practice, with games, with routine, and that kind of changes it. it. It changes when you don't play. You probably saw a lot of the all-star break when all these guys took breaks for a week and they came back and tried to play, how some of them were out of sync, and that's that's a concern you have as a coach. Um, I've done it enough, so I've kind of been able to do things like make the team play practice a little bit harder, make it more game situation, um, do those kind of things, but it does it does affect you a little bit, and that's where experience comes in. I think and really helps. What's the key to success in a conference tournament format? Because your teams have historically down here in the WCC enjoyed great success. Well, one of them is play good enough to win. Don't play your best game the first game. Secondly, take advantage of what mismatches you have in the tournament, where you can really emphasize that. And I think the third is just go out and play with a lot of confidence and play with, with urgency and knowing that this is you lose you're you're done, you win you when you move on and the exciting part of it is winning and and, and really doing that, and uh, but every team, that's the hard part. Every team has a chance and that's what the excitement part of, of tournament basketball is is any team can come in, and play their best game and you play your worst and then you're out. Where the NBA, it's seven-game series, so you you play a bad game, you just make it up. But it's not that way in March Madness. I think that's why this is the greatest tournament you know ever, probably. Yeah, the finality of it brings a different dynamic to yeah. it. If you win or your season might be over. Um, you said something about not playing your best game the first game. So hypothetically, let's say you're making 70% of your yeah. shots. 
What do you do to not continue that so that you can save some for a later game? Well, you you, you, you hope that you, you do it for a while, but not like you don't want to come out and, and shoot all your bullets at once and, and really do it. As a coach, you you want your team to come out and play good. It's it's hard to play back-to-back great games. That's why when you have depth and you have people that can score, like last year with us, you know, one game Paisley went off and and Shaley played really well, and the next night was Brennan. And Paisley had a great tournament last year. She played two really, really good games. We hope that we got some inside presence this year with Sarah and Jasmine and Shalay, and hopefully Smither can come in and give us a lift like she did during the season. And, and Paisley and Brennan play the consistent basketball that they've they played. Probably the one of the big factors is going to be how well Jasmine plays for us and how well Maria plays for us. If those two play up to par, then um, I think Paisley and Brenna have proven most of the year that they're going to score by taking a number of shots. But if those guys can can really do it, then it's going to make a big difference. So if, pa- if Paisley or Brenna makes their first four shots, I'm going to need you to pull one of them out and just let <laughs> them settle down. I probably won't do that. But, you know, the thing is, they're used to scoring. And there's a big thing to that. When a player's used to scoring and they go through the runs, it, it doesn't. it's not as effective. It's when the kid who hasn't scored as much comes in and has a game of her life. That's, it's hard to do it back-to-back. And it's happened. Um, I, you know, I've, I have seen it with some of my teams where a certain player comes in and plays probably their, their best game. And, and you, you know, I mean, right now our, our team's excited to play. We're ready to go. We've... We've kind of waited a little bit long, and so hopefully we'll be ready to go. How's the health of your team at this point in the year? Probably as healthy as we've been. Um, you know, Paisley had an ankle, and uh, Jasmine was hurt. And, you know, surprisingly, Sarah's been pretty healthy this year. Uh, Brenna has that not had too much, you know, problem with it. Um, we've had a couple of guys coming off the bench that have had some injuries a little bit, but we're probably the most healthy we've been right, you know, right now. Why is Pepperdine a tough matchup for BYU? They have the best point guard in the league, I think, where she can, can create so much. They have mismatches through their bigs. They're all shooters. And so that pulls Sarah and it pulls Chalet out. Um, they're very – they run their stuff. They run a pick and roll, and they just keep running it until you finally make a mistake. And, you know, they they've – they're they're streaky sometimes offensively where they when they shoot the ball really well from the three it's it's really hard now last time we played them at our place they hit 10 threes and that's probably the most they hit probably in our conference at that time so hopefully they won't shoot that well in this in this tournament okay let's finish with uh our traditional BYU Sports Nation Karma Exchange uh both for the games down here and for the shooting contest that we will set up between you and Lee Kamard at some point <laughs> And make sure you give me enough notice so I can at least warm up a little bit. <laughs> you know, um, this has been a this has been a fun thing for us this tournament. Like you've mentioned, my girls have enjoyed playing this, and they 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 want to win, and they know that there's a lot on the line. But players and people seem to do better when things are tougher and things that mean something. And I so I, so I really hope that we come out and, and play our game during this weekend. Good luck against Pepperdine and through the tournament, Coach. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it, Spencer.
Watch Jeff Judkins and the BYU women later today, live on BYU TV. Coming up, we play a little buy, sell, or hold. Rooting for Utah, Utah State, and St. Mary's. And I'm handing out a technical foul on my rising shout-out. This is BYU Sports Nation. That's one. Don't make me use it. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Or download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast and subscribe, rate, and review. Our question of the day. Which team would you rather BYU face in Monday's men's basketball semifinals, St. Mary's or Pepperdine, and why? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at Newman. BYU says St. Mary's for sure. BYU needs to beat them to continue the seeding climb. Plus, it's St. Freaking Mary's for crying out loud. Mark Durant? Who was that? Yeah, was that who? <laughs> Today's rise and shoutouts. Mine goes to Gabby Garcia Fernandez uh, in a losing effort, almost one in five last night. BYU was up two nothing. Three aces from Gabby Garcia Fernandez. The third was in the fifth. It gave BYU the 13 11 lead. It felt like BYU was going to win that match. That was the 56th of the season, as we mentioned. A single season record for GGF. What a season he is having so far. And it is not over. Mr. Coach Olmstead says I'm the best swiver ever. <laughs> swiver. <laughs> I rise and shout out goes to the officiating crew last night in this the Santa great. Clara Pepperdine game for calling the first four technical foul sequence, literally like in two minutes, in a non fight that I've ever seen. Okay, shortly after uh, Johnny Smith of Pepperdine is on the court celebrating as a bench player, official runs into him. That's a technical foul. Then there's some jawing between St. Mary's, or sorry, Santa Clara and Pepperdine. Bang, bang, double technical foul. Then Lorenzo Romar's losing his mind. Like, why are you calling so many technical fouls? Bang, fourth technical foul. Yes. And then later, there was another one. Then Colby Ross, like five minutes later, blocks a shot, talks some trash. Bang, technical foul. He's walking over to the bench, and Tony Padilla says, you want to tell your coach or should I? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That was eventful. Great stuff. Our thanks to today's guests, Chris Burgess and Jeff Judkins. Sorry to Dennis Pitt in no time, bro. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Gary Trost. See you for West Coast Conference quarterfinal basketball in an hour. Back here on BYU TV. Go Cougs.